Hello, Watermarkers. This is Kayla Crum, and I get the pleasure of being with you today to talk about 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 through 18. So to start us off, I'm just going to say a little prayer for us. Heavenly Father, I ask that you use my words and my human interpretation of your word today to meet somebody where they're at, to perhaps show some of your scripture in a new light or to be an encouragement to someone today. We know that we are simply finite humans doing our best and we just ask that your living, breathing spirit and word would work within our hearts when we turn to it for guidance. Amen. So to start, I'll read us the passage. Again, this is 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 18. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that was the NIV version. And I think a lot of us have probably heard that last verse, verse 18, about what is seen and unseen. At least that stuck out to me the first time I read it as something I'd heard many times before. And I'm going to just talk today about how scripture can sort of hit us differently at different points in our life. I'm certainly no Bible scholar, and there are lots of rich commentaries and research out there that allow us to learn what was perhaps meant by original context, and I really loved that Pastor Steve built us that historical context when we first started this sermon series. But I also think that the Word of God was made to engage with us, meet us, and have the Spirit intercede and sort of touch our hearts at different points throughout our life. So that's why it's important to both read it on your own and seek expertise. So for me, this section of scripture hit really different a few years ago versus today. A couple years ago, I was still in a season of a lot of bitterness and cynicism when it came to God. Uh, In college, my younger sister had gotten cancer twice And uh, I was a new nurse as well and a new wife. And there was just so much upheaval and suffering going on um, for my sister and my family that after she did recover, actually, and is doing well now, but I, I just couldn't let go of how I felt abandoned by God during that time. So I remember a lot during that time, verses such as this one would have brought out my cynicism. So for example, in verse 17, he writes, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So if you're in the thick of a really hard struggle, if you're watching a family member suffer physically or with mental health, or you can't hardly keep your head above water paying the bills, it's really hard to hear Paul say that, oh, those are just light and momentary troubles. Um, You know, take heart. Someday we'll all be happy in heaven. 
it's it's easy, I think, when you're in a season of difficulty to hear it that way and to feel like you're being belittled or told to just hang on for heaven and, you know, these troubles are no big deal. I don't think that that's his intention, but I definitely have experienced it coming across that way. However, I think this is another good reason that we read across scripture Old Testament, New Testament, Gospels, letters, prophecies, the Psalms, Proverbs, all of these different pieces of the Bible can interlock and create a better overall picture of the overarching message of the word that you can't get from just picking out a tiny piece. So when I read this this time, I noticed verse 16, it says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That phrase, lose heart, and that's in the NIV version. A couple other versions don't say heart specifically. But when it tells us not to lose heart, that reminded me of my absolute favorite Bible verse, which is John 16, verse 33. In this chapter, Jesus has been preparing his disciples for when he's going to leave them and telling them that he'll send a helper to them and that they will grieve for a time and eventually not have to grieve anymore. And, you know, they kind of get it and they kind of don't. But at the very end of that section, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And to me... That verse, take heart, you know, I'm giving you peace, that is a more accurate representation of perhaps what Paul was getting at in 2 Corinthians when he says, you know, our troubles now will be far outweighed by our eternal glory. I don't think it's meant to belittle our suffering here. Paul himself in different places speaks of the thorn in his flesh. That is a bit of a mystery to us today, but was either some sort of physical or mental or spiritual ailment that plagued him for many years. Obviously, we know he endured shipwrecks and imprisonment. There's no way he was just saying that's all no big deal. But just how Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I think that what he's saying is, I'm in the suffering with you. I'm so sorry this is happening to you, but don't give up. I'm here. I'm with you now. And I have a better future for us together. So as I grew through a season of bitterness towards God, I got some counseling and I got some spiritual direction and slowly shed a lot of my bitterness and really focused on the fact that Jesus is the manifestation of who God is. So if we have questions about God or we're wondering the intentions of a certain passage, I often will turn to things Jesus said or the Gospels. To see, you know, sort of a reframe of that question, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But it's like, how would Jesus communicate what Paul is trying to say? And I think in these two passages, you can sort of see how they mirror each other and how maybe Jesus' slightly softer or more caring explanation of taking heart and holding on for a better future gives us more clarity into maybe what Paul was talking about as well. Now, of course, like I said at the beginning, I'm no Bible scholar. I'm not even sure if the take heart and don't lose heart are the same root word, you know, in whatever language this was, Greek perhaps. Um, But I do like the way that we can look at different pieces of the Bible and sort of look for that through line of God's love and God's goodness and his gift of Jesus as his ultimate manifestation to us and sort of try to keep that lens at the front of our minds as we read scripture. 
So in summary, I know I really only pulled out a couple of those verses at the end of the section today, but I hope that if any of this book is making you feel a little bit like Paul is minimizing or belittling problems or you're not sure how you're supposed to respond to something like this, I really don't think that's the intention. And I think obviously he's writing to a specific group of people about their own problems. And also when we take the time to step back and contextualize the overarching message from Paul and also from Jesus, we can see that it's disheartening to be told like, so-and-so's in a better place, or it's all going to work out in heaven. And yet, God is telling an overarching eternal story that can give us peace and hope and make us take heart, even if it's a tiny bit day by day. I hope that that meant something to somebody today. I can only hope that the Spirit took my imperfect words and made them make sense to somebody. Um, I also think this principle applies to different worship songs. Sometimes we feel so seen and loved by worship songs, and sometimes the messaging is hard to swallow if you're going through something hard. Um, So just that framing of, you know, one worship song, one passage of scripture does not define God's entire plan for us. So I'll close this out with prayer and leave us with that thought today. Dear Abba Father, thank you for giving us this word. I ask that those of us who are listening who are going through a difficult season feel seen and held by you, that they do feel your peace and have the ability to take heart, even if it's in a tiny way today, and that those of us who are in a calm season would not forget what it feels like to be in a suffering season and that we can help carry each other through those times. In your name, amen. I hope everybody has the best day available to them.